Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello and welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell, laughing in the face of motherhood, answering your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. Today's question comes from our Facebook page from Lana, who says, My 11, almost 12-year-old son starting sixth grade this year has turned into a totally different person. I feel like I don't even know him. He can't seem to stop talking back. He's selfish and just really rude. Should I have expected this? He has always been so sweet and caring. Help me. I'm at a loss and I want my sweet boy back. Oh, Lana. I don't know if you should have expected it, but I hate to tell you that this behavior is what we call developmentally appropriate. I'm going to quote to you from empoweringparents.com. The reasons behind disrespectful behavior include the perfectly normal and healthy process of your child growing up and growing away from his identity as a younger child. Tweens and teens naturally seek more independence as they get older, and mild disrespect is one way that independence gets expressed. So don't you feel better? I mean, I don't. I have talked about this on the podcast before. Disrespect is a real trigger for me. I really, really have no tolerance for disrespectful behavior, but I have almost three tweens right now. And so I'm dealing with it a lot. And I have found myself falling into patterns where I am just constantly in arguments with my kids. Don't talk to me like that. Don't use that tone of voice with me. And that there has tended to be a lot of conflict in my house around this. So I'm going to tell you a couple of things that worked. Now, I do hold the line. I do not allow my children to speak disrespectfully to me, but the key is to respond as calmly as possible. And I realize it's difficult because it's extremely annoying when someone treats you badly. But I have worked and I'm going back to one in the new year at putting a hand up calmly and saying, please ask me that again. I don't like the way you're talking to me. And I will get an eye roll and a sigh, but I don't help them with things. I don't produce things for them. I don't aid them in finding their shoes. If the request comes in as, mom, I need my shoes. Where are they? I put a hand up. And I say, I'm very willing to help you find your shoes, but you need to speak to me more respectfully. That works fairly well. It's very bad in the mornings. It's the winter. It's dark. It's really hard to get the kids out in the cold and they're in horrible moods. And it tends to result in a lot of these kind of interactions of like, I don't want to wear my shoes. I hate this breakfast. We're just 
having a lot of that in the mornings. I have brought back my old friend, the whiteboard, and instituted a new policy. That's a five strikes policy. I went up from three because we were losing every day at three strikes. Five strikes means that when you speak rudely to me, you get a strike, or we call it a check. I have five boxes on the whiteboard, and if you yell at me, you get a check. And if you get to five checks in the morning, you lose screens for the rest of the day. And again, this helps me with a calm interaction so that instead of, don't speak to me by, well, I'm in a bad mood. Well, it's not my fault. My kid comes down and says, this is ridiculous. You didn't plug in my laptop or something that I have no responsibility for. I put my hand up and I say, that's a check. And then if we get to five, we're off screens for the rest of the day. And usually I'm going to tell you they don't get to five because they really don't want to lose screens for the rest of their day. But the key is taking that emotionality out of it so you're not part of the dance of anger that is going on. You are a brick wall that this disrespect is bumping up against and getting your child nowhere. It's hard. It's a discipline, but it's worth it because your kid's 11 or 12. You've got a lot more years to deal with this. And then on the flip side, find connection. Lean into things that your kid is into. Amy talks about it with her kids and basketball. And like she studies the basketball players at night so she can talk to them about it. My kids are super into Fortnite and Roblox. Is it what I want to talk about? It is not. But I spend a lot of time talking to them about it because it is what they are interested in. And so you are losing some connection and it helps to really find some other connections. So in the car, ask them and let them talk about whatever it is they're interested in and lean out of what is often my instinct. How was school? How's it going? How's that test you're working on? And always being in mom mode and find and seek any form of that happy connection you can find and then put an absolute wall up against the disrespect. It's a painful process for us. It's a necessary process for our kids. We don't want our kids to be the little adorable babies who want to marry us for the rest of their lives. That's not healthy for them. But recognize that it is really painful to start letting go of that for ourselves. Give yourself some forgiveness and healing around that. And then don't let anyone speak to you rudely. Come up with rules around it and then seek connection where you can because My kids are now 13, 12, and 9, almost 10, and we are finding a lot of times of joy and silliness and giggling, but we are losing some connection around the things we used to be connected for. It's a process. Lana, I hope that helps. If you have a question for myself or Amy, you can ask them on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash whatfreshhellcast. You can send them to questions at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. You can ask them in our Instagram comments at whatfreshhellcast. And you may hear your question answered on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. 
Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 